by the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. Fresh off getting absolutely hosed by the betting gods this week in the NFL. I also I also 100% lost to you this week as well. But that that's that's that we've accepted. That's, yeah, that's I, look, normally I would save it a little bit for the Thursday episode where we go over the NFL lines. But Ben, you got so what feels like unprecedentedly screwed over by the betting gods this week, especially with that Atlanta San Francisco game. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. They, they kicked the ball into the end zone and recovered it and they hit the over. Like you can't not laugh at that. Yeah, I really can. Watch me. I'm going to try really hard. You ready? Oh, look, me not laughing at it. Let's see how that went. Trevor, how was your weekend? You know what, Ben? I did not have a cent of my hard-earned money on a single (laughs) NFL game this weekend, so it was wonderful. Oh, also, I started Game of Thrones this weekend. Yes, I saw. I'm following along on on your Twitter stream. With with excitement. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm excited about it. I'm currently five episodes in as we're recording this podcast, so I literally cannot wait to get off this podcast so I can press play on the next episode. Uh, I'm live tweeting all of it though for everybody that's on Twitter that might not follow me that we're big Game of Thrones fans. If you've seen the whole season, I'm watching it for the very first time, going episode by episode, just letting the takes fly off the handle, and you guys already know the As ending, so you can uh, you can just sit back and watch my sanity burn if you want, but not here to talk about Game of Thrones. We will probably talk about Game of Thrones on this week's Fan Friday. I just feel it coming. But here on Monday, a mock draft Monday, what we're going to do for you guys is we are going to give you another full round 32-pick selection mock draft via myself and Ben. We're going to go down the entire draft list of the first round as is scheduled while we're recording this podcast. We'll alternate picks. I'm going to go odds, so I'll take the first pick of this draft. Ben will have the evens, and we'll just go back and forth in that way. So, uh, Ben, ready to get it going? Yes, absolutely. You are the odds on the evens? Yes, um, no, I wonder who you're going to pick. Uh, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Ben, you're up at number two. No, uh, really, but I'm taking Joe Burrow. This one's so easy for the Cincinnati Bengals. They now have a two-game lead on the New York Giants since the Giants just beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. That means the Bengals have one win. The Giants, Miami, and Washington all have three wins. I guess Detroit has three wins too, but they have a tie, so they're sitting there at five. Bengals have the clear-cut number one overall pick. Is it? Is it locked? No, it can't be locked. No, they because still, they still have yeah. Because they I still have they, Miami, right? Yeah, there's two games left. They're two games ahead of everybody. I don't know who the tiebreakers would be. But, like, right now the Giants have a worse strength of schedule. The Dolphins have a worse they strength all do. of schedule. The, no, no, no. The, like, the, 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 Cincinnati's got a really strong strength of schedule. Like, one of right, the strongest in the NFL, for, if it if it's not the yeah. strongest. I think it is. Uh, is bad, bad for draft order purposes. Yeah, no, Cincinnati has the most strength of schedule in the NFL, which tends to happen when you are the team that loses When you're spawning your opponent's 11 <laughs> right. wins to one loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, Cincinnati, all they got to do is basically lose – 
against Miami. Well, I guess they got to lose out. All right, there you go. Cincinnati, just lose out. You'll be able to get Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow won the Heisman this weekend. It was unbelievably well-deserved. Look, man, I respect what Chase Young has done as much as anybody else. The Heisman was always Joe Burrow's award. Really, from the end of that Texas game on through the entire season, this kid's kept his foot on the gas pedal as the best player in college football. He deserved to win it. And dead ass, the 4.5% of Heisman voters who did not have Joe Burrow on the ballot stripped them of their votes. I'm 100% serious. Get them off that, the voting committee. What? I said, do you mean that? Yeah, well, I mean that with every fiber of my being. These people should not have votes. I don't know where they're voting from in the country. I don't know who they're trying to stand for. This kid was clearly, without a doubt, the best player in the country. And if you didn't even have him on a ballot, get out. You don't have a vote anymore. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, number one overall. You're up. Please stop saying rude things to me. Uh, oh, um, sorry. Okay. Right. So, I mean, New York, Chase Young, this is also equally easy to me. Uh, I know that many wanted Chase Young to be the second highest scorer in terms of Heisman yep. voting um, for new, for the for the Giants. The second overall pick is just fine. I know there's a report that Young is going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's not happening. Chase Young is coming out. Uh, you can't do better than top two. That was the it's best Ben possible. laugh I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you can't do better than top two. They won't. They won't. He's, he's coming out. He was suspended for two games. Yeah, what is he? What is he? Like, what is Chase Young yeah. not going to come out and then just go number two overall to Trevor Lawrence next I year? I have unfinished business at Ohio State, like back to back undefeated Big yeah, Ten champions sure. or whatever. Shut for up. sure, Chase Young's coming out. We put. I was going to say we put a lot of money on it, but I should stop putting a lot of money on things. Evidently, that's true. Chase Young, Giants number two. No, it's good. Uh, just for the fun of it, we have kind of pegged Tua Tagovailoa going to the Miami Dolphins at a variety of different spots. His injury really kind of threw a wrench into things in there for a little bit. Nobody really knew what the outlook was going to be for him. It seems like he's going to fully recover. However, here for the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to give them Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle at number three, just to see what this mock draft is now going to look like with Tua falling a little bit, with maybe you know Thomas not being able to go to some of these other top five teams. Miami clearly needs offensive line help. In a big way. Certainly they need quarterback help as well. I still think Tua is a realistic target here. But for this mock, let's have a little fun. Give him what I think is the best pass protector left tackle in the draft. All right. That puts Washington in a bit of a spot. I'm going to tell you, the Redskins didn't have Trey Quinn and and uh, Paul Richardson for this game against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that that puts you deep into your wide receiver room. And, and as an Eagles fan, I know exactly how ugly that can look. But Paul Richardson and Trey Quinn weren't world-beating talent quality players for you when they were healthy. Washington desperately needs more wide receiver help. And I got yelled at the last time I gave them wide receiver this early. We're in the top five. You don't want to pick wide receivers that early. I get it. But I think Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb are both worth this pick. And I would argue Henry Ruggs even has an argument to be this valuable as well. I like CeeDee Lamb to the Redskins a lot. I think he really fits what they want to do. I think that he's an incredible yak guy, which – uh, yeah, Haskins at his best is facilitating. He's generating yak. He's also a great jump ball specialist. I think he becomes your quarterback's best friend. He lets Terry McCorn play, play the Z in the slots. He fits into the X. So I'm sending CeeDee Lamb to Washington if you don't like it. 
Well, <laughs> I guess that. there's no no other way to put get it. Get what you get and don't get upset, by the way. I don't know. My if... mom's a preschool teacher. All right, listen up. I just recently watched Brashad Perryman, Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, yes, Chris Godwin as well, all torch the Detroit Lions secondary for an entire football contest. And Ben, it wasn't pretty. Darius Slay is awesome. Love him on the outside. Can't do it alone. This pick has been mocked to the Lions before. They're picking number five overall. I'm giving him Jeffrey Akuda here. Putting Akuda on one side, Slay on the other. Gives you a really solid cornerback duo to be able to go up against any kind of receiver because, man, as 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 we do on the other side, right, we spend a lot of time building these wide receiver and pass catcher corps for these teams. Defenses have got to be able to have more than one real shutdown corner guy or you're just they're just going to spread the wealth too much. Offenses are going to take advantage of you. They're going to outscore you. You're going to lose football games. You got to have multiple good corners on your team. The Lions do not right now. Jeffrey Akuda, number five overall. All right. I wish I could. Okay. You wish you could. You wish you could what? No, I, I like Akuda as a pick for the Lions. Thank I you. want Andrew Appreciate Thomas it. on the Cardinals, but mm. I can't get him. I'll yeah. take Derek Brown, who I think is a potential yes! top 10 Yes, I like it. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, I think Derek Brown of the Cardinals is a fit that we're all kind of settling into here, wherever the Cardinals end up. Of course, beating the Browns was not good for the overall plans, but that's okay. Uh, still is in, in the top 10, Derek Brown is a you know dominant interior pass rusher between the tackles. Something that the, the Cardinals have been looking for, been trying to find, unsuccessfully doing so. They let Terrell Suggs walk. So obviously you needed to look at edge. I'm not sure AJ Epinesa is the stand-up outside rusher you want him to be. I don't think Caleb on Chase and Terrell Lewis need to go this high. But if we want to add to the pass rush, we don't necessarily have to replace Suggs. Let's get Derek Brown. He's going to immediately step in, be a three-down starter, and has eight-sack, nine-sack potential from the interior. Only few defensive tackles hit double-digit sacks. I think Derek Brown has the potential to be one of those guys. New York Jets picking in number seven. They've got Trent Sneeds. They've got edge needs. They've got tackle needs. They've got some interior offensive line needs as well. I think it's got to be a big boy, no matter what. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this pick, get a little outside the box. I'm going to give him Jedrick Wills. Yes, over Tristan Wirfs uh, to the New York Jets. The Alabama right tackle this year. Alex Leatherwood's playing left tackle, but the more I watch Wills, the more I tend to like Wills' game better the more I think that he is pro ready to play tackle even as soon as next year dude is very strong I think he moves really well he's been consistent on that right side of the line Uh, he's an available guy I think he's got a high upside even with playing right tackle I know people look at these college right tackles and they think oh they're not as good or they can't make the transition to left tackle sometimes they can I'm not saying it's it's a mirror I've said this before it's not always as easy as just changing positions in Madden, but some guys can do it. Some guys can make the transition. I'm going to go Jedrick Wills here to the New York Jets just because I want to get him some pub. I really like him as a prospect, and I think that the Jets certainly have a tackle need. Jedrick. We're not talking about the name Jedrick. Uh, it's a, Jedrick Wills is a really solid offensive tackle name if we're, if we're being Jedrick. 100. You can't be Jedrick and not be country strong. <laughs> Right, that's, like that's yeah. not even allowed. Right, right. Jacksonville at eight. <sighs> Jaguars. Oh, firstly, stole the win in Oakland's last home yeah, game. Yeah, they which did. Is objectively hilarious. That, Gardner Minshew, very funny. Funky man, and and it's it's a lot of fun. They got to get him some help at the receiver position. Without DJ Chark, 
this wide receiver room has really it's bare. The coverage are not good. Uh, we're looking at uh, uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs as two potential top 10 picks at this current stage. I think Jacksonville has to be happy with both available. There's a good chance that only one is available by the time they reach this point. They've got, I mean, like I was about to say, they've got good speed. Henry Ruggs doesn't matter how much speed you already have on your offense. You want Henry Ruggs. <laughs> I'll give him Jerry Judy here. We'll let Henry Ruggs continue to sit. Yeah. Um, but I like, you know, I'm quickly coming around on the idea that Jerry Judy is definitely not the first receiver off the board and maybe is not in the top two. Um, but at this stage, I'll also give him the Jacksonville. I don't know. Table. So you're saying that Ruggs could overtake him, right? I think, yeah. I mean, like Ruggs. I don't think that's, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't like, think it's going to happen. Yes, but then Ruggs runs the 4-2-1, and then the whole world changes. You see what I'm saying? No, I definitely get what you're saying because he is like, a much better prospect than John Ross. Which Right, and here's the issue is that like Ross ran the 4-2-2 and then was wide receiver three off the board because teams still picked Corey Davis and Mike Williams ahead of him. Yeah. So it's tricky, but I think that we're all going to think like, oh yeah, Ruggs is first round stock, and then we're going to see him actually run like, you know, a one. No, I think a lot of those Bama guys are going to be freaks. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it's tricky. Man, I just can't see him going over Judy. Maybe I'll buy into it. I love Ruggs, though. You know I'm a big Ruggs fan, but I just, I don't know. Judy's had so much great production. It'd be hard. It's It'd be good. hard for I, me. Dude, I, I picked Judy. I picked Judy. No, I know you did. I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to have the conversation about Ruggs. I know you did. Um, okay. Los Angeles Chargers. Picking at number nine overall. You ready for this one, Ben? Are you ready for this one? Justin Herbert. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. This is the dream pick for the Chargers. It really is. I really think this is the dream pick. Getting Tua around number eight, nine, ten, somewhere where I think the Chargers are going to finish. I mean, Phillip Rivers, for as much as I love the dude, as much spunk as I think that he has, I know that he's going to play for probably another year, maybe two. He's having right now, without a doubt, the worst TD-INT ratio that we've seen since 2016. And before that, it was 2014. But in both of those years, he threw 30-plus touchdowns. He's He's got 20 right now. Like, he's not even close to that. And so, knowing that he's kind of coming down towards the tail end of his career, it could honestly be a perfect scenario here for the Chargers because... Man, you could just you could just NFL redshirt Tua for a whole year and have no no second thoughts about it. Give Philip this last year, this first year that they're playing in the new stadium, whenever it is, he gets to usher that in. Um, wait, is it next year or is it the year after? I, I think it, it's the year after. But I think Phil it's the year Rivers after too. A, Rivers is in a contract year this year, dude. So they they would have to re-sign him for I a one-year deal. I think they're going to. Anyways. Regardless of how long it is, I really do think this is good. This is right. great for everybody involved. I think it's a perfect scenario. I really do think Tua is the ideal pick for the Chargers in this draft. No, I think that quarterback in general is the ideal pick, right? Like you've got to start planning for life after rivers. Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor is the backup there, if memory serves. And like there are some around who think that he is, you know, the uh like the, the heir apparent. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not too sold on that. I think we kind of know what Tyrod is by this point in his career. Denver at 10, more just tremendous AFC West talent over here in the top 10. Um, Listen, you're telling me that that 
you know, Jedrick Wills is good enough to go top 10. That's great news for Denver. Denver's going to hang around this low teens pick. They're going to desperately want a starting uh, offensive tackle, need to replace Garrett Bowles, who simply has not shown enough over the course of his young career to justify further investment. If you've got three tackles, one of them's probably going to fall this far. In this case, Tristan Wirfs, a kid out of Iowa, which is a, a program that Denver's actually liked to and successfully dipped into over the past few years. So I think it makes a ton of sense for that reason. Yeah. Wirfs right, is right tackle now, and you're going to want to be starting at the left uh, for Garrett Bowles. So you're going to have to take a look at that. But then again, Jedrick Wills, right tackle for Alabama. Andrew Thomas is really your only traditional left tackle. So you're going to have to deal with a, a switch. You're going to have to switch hands, switch feet, which can be tricky. Um, so as long as you're comfortable with Tristan Wirfs making that transition, that I think works at, at top 10 makes a ton of sense. Denver, it's, it's, it's good need, it's good value, smash send. Carolina, we have not done one of these mock drafts since, man, everything went down up in Charlotte with Ron Rivera being fired. Cam opting to have that surgery. I mean, it looks like from everything that David Tepper saying, they're redoing everything. They're redoing the scouting staff. They're putting a GM in place. They're getting ahead of football operations. They're obviously going to have a new head coach. With all that, probably is coming a quarterback change. I don't think Cam's going to be there next year. I really don't. They can save a lot of money by moving on from him this offseason. I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to completely take away exactly whatever was the old regime, however they were building the team. I think the roster's going to look a lot different. And I think they're going to promise whoever their head coach is that he can have his say of whoever, like whether they want a quarterback in the draft or free agency or what have you. If it is the draft and if it's here, even though I do think this is a little rich for Justin Herbert from what I saw this year from him, I think NFL teams are going to like Justin Herbert a good deal. I've got him going to Carolina at number 11. David Depper. Never yes. thought of that before. That's a, he's got a fun name. To Spoonerize, um, yeah. Yes. So Atlanta beat the Niners. I which, don't understand. I mean... San Francisco was basically like, what if we tried to convert 33rd downs on every single drive? They had a 21-play scoring drive. Just the, the the 49ers had like six drives. Bro, Falcons got Falcons got a couple of the stupidest wins in the season. They beat the Saints in New Orleans. Beat the and Saints then in they, New Orleans. And then they beat San Francisco at San Francisco. Beat the Eagles in Week 2. That's another team going to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa yeah, no, 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 no. By the way, the Eagles opening line against Dallas in Philadelphia for the division. Yes. What do you think the line is? Oh, wow. Um, in Philly for the division, I think Dallas is favored by two and a half. That's exactly correct. On the nose. Really? Well yes. Let's now, go. I'm here to tell you. Dallas is going to win by more than two and a half. Yeah. But anyway. um, So, right. So, now here's Atlanta. A team that's been weirdly scrappy has been oddly successful. I think that the issue that we expected, the, the the thin position we expected coming into the season remains the thin position, even through the lulls, through the weird wins and the weird losses. Uh, it, it, Tack McKinley is not consistent. Vic Beasley is not a good player. This team does not have consistent edge Well, when you put pressure. it that way. Now, it's tricky because you wish you could get them a, a, a stand-up rusher with juice on the outside, a guy who can win on the high side rush track with explosiveness. I don't see a player at that value available. I don't think Caleb on Chasen's a top 15 player, even for how much the NFL is going to value his twitch. So AJ Epinesa is the best edge defender we've got here out of Iowa. Now, while Epinesa isn't the outside winner that the Falcons might need, Dan Quinn probably saved his job 
in terms of how he's coached the back half of the season. And Dan Quinn loves him some big, long, strong rushers. Epinesa is six six two eight. I mean, this is a Michael Bennett, uh, Adrian Claiborne, Allen Bailey mold. This is this this is the same body type as players that Quinn has had. Play strong defensive end, the strong five tech, big five tech in his system, and be very successful. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to really like what Epinesa. He's going to be familiar with Epinesa's mold and how he wins, and that's going to attract him to him as a pass rush winner on the inside, even if it is a B gap rusher. So AJ Epinesa at twelve to the Falcons. Oakland Raiders. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, as I should say. Sorry, rip. Pour one out. Um, sorry, Oakland Faithful. They're picking 13th here after the Falcons. They need offensive help. I think if I were doing this as a predictive mock, which one would be dumb in December anyways. Dumb um, in December. Two, it's my mock. I'm going to do what I want. I think that T. Higgins would be the pick here if... We were letting NFL execs make this pick for Oakland. I, on the other hand, am picking Henry James Ruggs III. I have no idea if his middle name is James, but my middle name is James, so I'm going with it. Because I think Gruden is not going to be able to contain himself when it comes to Henry Ruggs running that 4-2-1 or whatever you said it was earlier in the season. So I've got them taking what possibly could be the best offensive weapon in this class in Henry Ruggs. They, they, how desperately they need it, man. I mean, they just the, need the offensive average, help. Like somewhere. The average, the average speed of their wide receiver is like four, six, five or something like Darren Waller's their top receiver. He's a tight end. Zay Jones, Keelan Doss, Hunter Renfro. They have no speed. Don't they have, um, Tyrell Williams? Yeah, ask me how good Tyrell Williams has been this year. Okay, how good has Tyrell Williams been? Real bad! Okay. <laughs> Tyrell Williams for the Oakland, for the Oakland Raiders. 36 he- receptions, 524 yards, and five touchdowns. He's had no more than four receptions he hurt? in any game this season. No, that's not true. He started the year 65. He's played every single game. Oh, wow. He has not broken he has not broken fifty receiving yards since the Cincinnati win, which was the middle of November. All He's right. not part well, of this offense. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they need no, speed. No, they need speed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I like that fit a lot. Okay. Cleveland, who got embarrassed by an Arizona team that was on a seven game losing streak. Arizona covered. G bless. G bless. Um <laughs> with with Cleveland. Yeah. If you could draft a head coach here, you would. But you can't, Trevor. You can't do that. Uh, can you not, though? Though, Washington doing their best job to draft a head coach by having Urban Meyer sit in Dan Snyder's box or, uh, in Week 15. I love it. Yeah, I, look, That's man, hilarious If me. you can, If you can convince yourself to take second-half possession away from the Cowboys because they didn't say the word defer after saying, we're going to kick it, then maybe you can draft a head coach in the draft. I don't know. I wish. Anyway, so the, the the good news, it's offensive line. We This is what we have to hit. Uh, it's a good offensive line class, starters across the board. Yes. We need multiple positions with help. The bad news is that right now we're in a, a weird spot with Jedrick, with Wurfs, and with Thomas all off the board. There mm-hmm. isn't really an interior guy like at this value, and I'm not an Alex Leatherwood fan. Not enough uh, to be drafting him at 14. I'm with, on short. I'm with you. So to me, then it looks to the safety position. Jabril Peppers leaves. They obviously have the issue with Whitehead, uh, who gets cut after he loses his mind on Twitter. 
safety room is, is bare uh, in Cleveland. And, and how much of an impact player can you be drafting in the top 15 at safety? We really need a blue chip guy. Xavier McKinney. You thought I was going to say Grant Delpit. I'm not saying Grant Delpit. Xavier oh, wait, you pick picking Xavier over Grant? I like every, it. Spicy. Every, Spicy. Every game I have seen of Xavier McKinney this year, I like him more and more and more. That Auburn tape, which I was not watching for McKinney, is, was out of this world. I mean, this is a really quality player. He and Delpit are both not the best tacklers. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to convince you otherwise. But if you can make impact plays on the football in the passing game, I'm gonna excuse missed tackles mm-hmm. because I need hmm. interceptions. I need pass breakups. That's what Xavier McKinney brings to you. Could you Incredible. not you bring that there. same argument to, to Delpit. Grant Delpit? Absolutely. But I'm telling you right, like of again of the games I've seen, I've not sat down and done Delpit. I've not sat down and done McKinney. But of what I've seen this year, McKinney's played better ball than Delpit. And I remember when Delpit's I Delpit's not watched, had a good year, man. When we first watched McKinney in the summer, I remember I told you somebody's gonna end up liking this kid more than Delpit. I did not think it was gonna be me because I really like Delpit. But McKinney to me has really, really shown out as as a incredibly versatile move cover player at the next level. He's gonna stay on the field for all three downs. He's gonna play nickel linebacker he's gonna play over the slot and dime he's gonna play single high and base he can do everything for you and he's an impact cover guy man zone deep shallow he's everything you want in the passing game i'm taking xavier mckinney at 14 for Cleveland. um i don't know who does the who, who do the team needs for indianapolis don't actually don't yell them out by name i don't want to i don't want to piss anybody off but uh whoever it did huh i'll tell you off here okay uh i don't know who did it but they have running back as a primary need for the Colts. And that Marlon Max slander will not stand on such a podcast that's IP address is hosted in the greater Tampa area. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I just wanted to say that. Um, oh, true. USF great. You know, I'm going to get, I- I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit like I did with the Dolphins because right here the Colts are picking at 15. It's been a very common pick if. Javon Kinlaw last to them to give them Kinlaw. I think that that would be a great pick, but I also think that this Colts team needs offensive weapons outside of just T.Y. Hilton, even when T.Y. Hilton is healthy. I'm going to give Indianapolis T. Higgins to pair with T.Y. Hilton, with the rest of that offense, with the three quarterbacks off the board. I don't really like anybody else going here. There's a chance that Jacoby Brissett could still be the guy next year. Obviously, saying that Javon Kinlaw would be a great pick as well, but for this mock draft, I want to see what it looks like. Let's experiment a little bit. I still think Higgins would be a good pick for Indianapolis, even if I do think that there would be a couple other good options for them as well. So you gave him Kinlaw? Nope, gave him T. Higgins. Oh, man. I was hoping you were going to give him Kinlaw. I love, dude, because I did Javon Kinlaw's film last week, and brother, this is not a real human being. He's great. He's very good. He's a lot of fun. He's very good. And I'm telling you right now, um, if you don't pick Kinlaw here for the Eagles, your boy's picking him 17th. (laughs) For Tampa? Yes. I didn't didn't look. I promise I didn't set that up on purpose. I promise. I didn't look. Well, I mean, I'm definitely – you're getting him. Uh, Eagles got Fletcher Cox. We don't need Fletcher Cox 2.0. Um, but why? Why basically, not? What do you What are you saying? That, what are you saying that one can have too many Fletcher, Fletcher Coxes? Now, Kinlaw is not the same mold as Fletcher Cox. I comped him to I think like good Leonard Williams, if memory serves. Like how we thought Leonard Williams was coming out was supposed to be not necessarily been in the league. Okay, yeah, but either way, 
Um, yeah, so this is actually really cool. Pick 16 and 17 right smack dab in the middle. We have the Eagles and the Buccaneers back-to-back. Our teams are equally good. One of our teams is eliminated from the playoffs mathematically. It doesn't matter who. Um, they have the same no. record. Yeah, one team's going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not sure. Not so sure about that, pal. The Eagles gave up two of the Washington Redskins' longest passing plays in week one, and one of them was to Terry McLaurin, and it was a 75-yard touchdown. And then after watching Terry McLaurin absolutely eviscerate defenses for 14 weeks, they came back in week 15, and Trevor asked me what they did. Probably let Terry McLaurin run all over. Yeah, yeah. Was it was yeah. it on inverted cover two? Uh, not really. It was on a two underneath three deep fire zones. So they were they were sending six, but they tried to get Avante Maddox out of the slot all the way into the deep middle of the field. And sweetie, <laughs> it didn't work. Anyway, so we desperately need some corner help because Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills both can't play man coverage. When you can't play man coverage you're not going to be too successful at the NFL level. Christian Fulton is still on the board. This is my dream pick for Philadelphia right now. I mm-hmm. know everybody wants speed of the wide receiver position. I get that. Eagles have dealt with a ton of wide receiver injuries. Dude, our boy, J.J. Pickle-Whiteside looks awful, awful, off. Two targets, no receptions. Terrible game. Uh, and he's taking 100% of the snaps. But uh, I think you can get good receivers on day two, and you desperately need a, a studded corner. This is, It's been too long now. You've been kind of, you know, working trade wires and and and. and middle round picks trying to find something you just got to get a guy like christian fulton who's a lockdown i mean he can he can play zone tremendously he's got great route awareness and and, yeah. and and eyes in the backfield he's very strong but it's the ability to play press man the ability to play soft press turn his feet soft shoe and run i mean it, he's delightfully athletic great instincts at the catch point and he's got the size to cover everybody I christian think, fulton at 16 to philly yeah i think this I th- that's a great pick for philadelphia Tampa Bay buccaneers here at 17 like i said before javon kinlaw's here for them that's a dream pick. I think that we're, we're giving a lot of teams some dream picks here in this mock draft. Kinlaw going to the Buccaneers, especially in the middle of this draft, right around where 17 is. That is that is such a sweet deal for them. Bruce Arians said that Shaq Barrett, quote, ain't going anywhere when Amen. he was asked about him leaving. And so it seems that the NFL sack master is going to stay in Tampa, even if they're going to have to sign him to a deal that'll Man, probably pay him around $18, $19, 20000000 million yeah. a year. Have fun, have fun paying for one season of regressing from the meme, brother. Contract it, your production's lying to you. I, I don't think he'll ever be this good again, but I do think Shaq Barrett is good. I really do. Shaq is a, Shaq is a good edge rusher. Mm-hmm. I'm telling I you. I like to film in Denver. No, but like he's better now than he ever was in Denver. He really is. So, you know, is he going to get the 18 sacks again like he's getting now? No, but like, you know, if he gets 10 to 12, like the Bucks would love him to, that's fine. Worth it. Whatever. Uh, I don't know if JPP is going to be back, but, dude, Winston's putting up the numbers. Now he's putting up the wins. If you could Second just get this guy Winston, out. I've often said this. If you can just get this guy out of the game on the first drive of every game. He's going to be Peyton Manning, just like CBS told us he would. No, but really, the better Winston plays, the more it seems like at the very least they're going to franchise tag him. So with them bringing back Shaq Barrett, with them potentially bringing back Winston for either a one-year or a multi-year deal, paying him around $27, $30 million a year, I don't know exactly what he's going to get. That's a crap ton of money that they're going to spend next year. And that's without even possibly re-signing Jason Pierre-Paul as well. That could be another... You know, $15 million deal, a year deal. 
they're going to have to get rid of a lot of players. Ndamukong Sue is one of them in the middle. They would love to replace Ndamukong Sue, potentially Will Golson, potentially um, Bo Allen as well, with a rookie let's like Javon Kimmer. Let's, let's not be talking about Bo Allen. Dude, le- dude, I legit love Bo Allen. He's one of my favorite players in the locker room, but I don't know if he's going to be back because of everything that they've got to do. Anyways, Javon Kinlaw, perfect fit. This is the ideal thing for the Buccaneers. You're up. Kavon Kinlaw. All right, Oakland at 13, selected Henry Ruggs, leaving open, a bev- Henrith, leaving open a bevy of positions on the defense, all places in which they need help. And if you don't believe me, watch the game-winning drive they allowed to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This team could use some help at all the layers of the field. Listen, to hear Whitehead, starting linebacker, Vontez Burfecht, would have been starting linebacker if he did not get suspended for the season. This is a joke, Paul Gunther. You need athletes. You need guys who can run and cover. Linebacker coverage is more important every single week, every single season. You have to have guys who can recognize routes and short zones, carry guys deep. Isaiah Simmons, built to be a, a modern NFL linebacker. If he really tips the scales at 235 or higher, the length, the, the size, the physicality, the ability to blitz, get after the passer, and then he's a good uh, a zone cover man, improving man cover man. He obviously has the physical tools to get it done. Can't tell me Mike Mayhawk's not going to love him from Isaiah Simmons. I'll give him to the Raiders at 18. I'd love to give Tennessee here at 19 Jordan Love because I think it's an ideal situation yeah. because they are going to sign. Well, I, is Ryan Tannehill up at the end of the year or no? He is. They okay. annulled the second bit of his contract. Okay. So yeah. he is going to be back in Tennessee next year. I do not see the Titans being savage enough for him to not be back. I think they're going to sign him to the exact kind of thing that Case Keenum got. It's going to be a two- to three-year deal, but they're going to sign him to a contract. So, with that said, I feel like it would be a perfect scenario for Jordan Love to come in, probably not start right away. When Tannehill regresses, then you can ease into Jordan Love. You can give him a little bit of time to get acclimated to NFL speeds, get some practice reps underneath his belt, obviously the whole preseason. I think it would be a great situation. I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's a lot more realistic that they probably go defensive line. And with them having Harold Landry on one side, oh, man, but what yeah, if I get Cam Wake has not been good. Oh, but what if— It was strong oh, to start the Indies faded. Yeah, I know, but I'm thinking about Raekwon. No, I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm not going to do it. Yeter Gross Matos. 19 overall to the Tennessee Titans. There you go. I dig it. Jacksonville on the board at 20. The Jalen Ramsey pick that they're grabbing from the Los Angeles Rams, who got smoked by the Dallas Cowboys this past week. At 8, they selected Jerry Judy. I've said from day one, if you're trading away Jalen Ramsey for a first-round pick, you better get yourself a cornerback with one of your two. It's got to be done. You can't walk into next year with Trey Herndon. Now, that said... The coaching staff in Jacksonville, probably going to be different. Mm-hmm. The front office in Jacksonville, hopefully going to be different. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't hold my breath on that one, though. Uh, so they could be willing to take the team in a completely different direction. And, you know, Trey Herndon's a big favorite of that coaching staff, even though he's not necessarily ever played like he deserves those sort of acclimates. Either way, Trevon Dix, the corner out of Alabama, he has the size, the physicality, the competitiveness, and the long speed to win in the press man coverage that Jalen Ramsey was so successful in in his heyday at Jacksonville, allowed him to take away a third of the field. He's not the same uh, vision, not the same, you know, zone, deep zones, could have played safety if he wanted to Jalen Ramsey, 
But in terms of man coverage, Diggs has the ability to erase a wide receiver one. He's not there yet, but he can get there. Uh, Trevon Diggs at 20 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dallas Cowboys up here at 21. We often see Xavier McKinney as a potential dream pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe give him a little upgrade here. Now that you picked McKinney earlier, I'll give him Grant Delpit. It's a name that I think the Cowboys fans would love to see. Grant Going to you're just gonna spoon one. Day, I guess one day we're gonna do a mock draft where we're only gonna say guys' names spoonerized, and people are gonna probably gonna turn the mock off. They're gonna within the first <laughs> under twenty seconds. Uh, yeah. So I think that getting a defensive playmaker on the back end in the secondary is gonna be crucial for the Dallas Cowboys. I'd love Xavier McKinney going to Dallas. I do backflips off a five-story building into a giant foam pit if it was Grant Delpit and I was a Cowboys fan. So just to you know, put a little bit of uh, my thoughts on this pick into perspective, I think it'd be an absolute home run if Grant Delpit can last to 21 and Dallas can scoop him up. No matter who Dallas drafts on the defensive side of the ball in the first round, mm-hmm. they will be ridiculously hyped, and they will end up not being very good, as is tradition uh, in the Dallas Cowboys locker room. Okay, first of all, how, dare how dare you? So the Miami Dolphins issued quarterback at, at, at the number three, number four, number three pick, going for Andrew Thomas. You're welcome. You have to imagine that with the 22 and the 23rd pick now from Houston and Pittsburgh, both of them are making the playoffs in the AFC as the rankings currently stand. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would be looking to move up to ensure they got the quarterback that they wanted, whether that was Justin Herbert or to Atungo Bailoa. As it stands with them at 22, Jordan Love still on the board. uh, You got to go for it here. Uh, Even if you don't love Jordan Love, which I don't love Jordan Love, you've got to love getting a quarterback at 22 who could be your starter. And I think Love could be a starter, so you love the idea of that, of course. How many Every times are you year, gonna say the word love? I thought I was being clever. Listen, <laughs> you always it, until you have the quarterback, you draft the quarterback. Every year until you know you got him, and that goes back to you know your Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow conversation in the event that the Giants end up with the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands, I'll tell you right now, Jordan Love coming out indicates to me that he's expected to be uh, around one pick, even if it's not at the top of a round. Uh, I would. Consider for your predictive mocks going forward, putting Jordan Love in the first round. Here I have a 22 to the Dolphins. Yeah, I agree. If Jordan Love came out after throwing, what was it, 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, right? Right. If he came out in December, mid-December already, he's told he's going in the first round. And here's my thing. You had an incredibly productive year under Matt Wells, your head coach at, at, at Utah State. You look like a future first rounder. Then you go to, uh, you know, Matt Wells leaves for Texas Tech. You stay in Utah State. You have a much worse year. Mm-hmm. If you transfer to Texas Tech, the best thing you can prove is that with a good system, you're a first rounder. If you go and you're not as good as you were against Mountain West competition in Texas Tech, you've disproven that theory, which if you just come out, Teams can just tell themselves, oh, well, like, you know, he lost all of his starting wide receivers, lost his starting running back, and he lost his head coach to his offensive designer. No wonder he was bad last year. Scrap it. Throw it out. But if you go and you give them a redshirt senior season, you have a huge bar of expectation with Matt Wells in Texas Tech. Or if you go to Oklahoma with Lincoln Ryan, produced three Heisman candidate quarterbacks. You you don't, you don't would much rather allow 
teams to just be like, oh yeah, that no, was a bad year, and that's what he's supposed to be. You don't want to give them proof of whether or not that theory is accurate. Just let them sit on it and believe it without having to put the pressure and the expectation on yourself to go show it. So I don't. I definitely think it makes sense that he doesn't transfer. I think it makes sense that he comes out. Just point to 2018, say that's what I really am, and that's why I'm out right now. No, I don't hate it. Uh, Miami ends up picking back-to-back here, 22 and 23. Uh, 23, I've given this pick to the Dolphins before, and I I do it because I really want to get him in the first round. When it comes to value of running backs, I understand that certainly the numbers are at a bottom line tell you that running back picks in the first round are often not worth it. The value is just not there. You're much better suited going with a different position. It'll probably give you a better payoff. Jonathan Taylor is special. Jonathan Taylor is a special player. He's a special person. He's the kind of guy I think can really be the face of a franchise, really be a catalyst for a change on offense. And so by picking a guy like Andrew Thomas at the front of the first round, picking what might be a project kind of quarterback with Jordan Love, but then getting a really, really solid offensive weapon in Jonathan Taylor, I think that the Dolphins are getting a steady, incredible guy who is... Man, Jonathan Taylor has the speed, the strength, the balance, the vision. He is one of the best college football players of all time. Of all time. If Jonathan Taylor stayed for his senior year, I feel like he would shatter so many records because of how productive this kid has been every single year. He's going to be a beast in the NFL, 23 overall. Jonathan Taylor going to the Miami Dolphins. Minnesota Vikings, I feel an urge to get creative here because I, of how please many do times. It. Please do it. Well, I, every single time I'm like, hey, listen, Tyler Biotas makes a lot of sense for this football team, and Pat Elfline is bad, and they need to replace him. Rip. Um, Big rip. I feel, I feel tired of doing that. Let's see. No, 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 no. Not doing quarterback, but that was fun when we were thinking Kirk Cousins. Ooh, okay. I'll I'll, I'll fill the same position. Yes. But I'll give you I'll give you Alex Leatherwood, and I think it's important to give you Alex Leatherwood because folks need to remember. Interesting. Leatherwood stepped into the left tackle role for Alabama after yeah. Jonah Williams left for the 2019 NFL draft. He, he was didn't. of course drafted by Cincinnati. He's finally practicing. He might play again. Before then, he was the starter at right guard for this team, and he and- had some good tape at guard. Right, and I don't necessarily think he's better at tackle than he is at guard. But that being said, having a player on your eight active offensive linemen who, okay, he starts at guard for you, but he has tackle experience, can be hugely beneficial. You always want to be able to get the best starting five out there. It's always important to have positional switches on your offensive line so that you can fill for multiple injuries in a game, God forbid. It's also interesting because you, I think you're, you're going to leave Garrett Bradbury at center. I think that's where he's got to be. So if you want to make the Biotis out of Wisconsin or the Humphrey out of Oklahoma picks, those are your two top interior offensive linemen in this class, in my opinion. Nick Harris out of Washington being the third. All of those guys are centers. Then Nick Harris also had experience at guard before, but I think he's definitely better as a center. It accentuates his strengths. So if you're looking for a true guard prospect, it's not easy in the interior offensive line class. So you might have to make a move like drafting Leatherwood, kicking him back inside the guard, and then having him the ability to go play tackle. I mean, they, they kicked out... Uh, uh, whatever his name is, the left tackle. They, they, he was initially a guard, and they moved him out to tackle. They're considering moving him back into guard. So th- there's, there's positional battles to be had on this team, and you can figure out how to get your best five out there on the field. Um, but I think Leatherwood makes a lot of sense then for filling that left guard spot for Pat Elfline. Riley Reef, Riley Reef is his name, uh, left tackle. They consider moving him to guard. So maybe you let uh, Leatherwood fight for the tackle spot. You move Reef into guard. Whatever's best for your offensive line, that's what you do. Ben, I feel like I haven't heard much about Curtis Weaver 
this year. Uh, I well, don't know how much 2019 I mean, tape you've watched. He yes. only has 14 sacks or That's something. what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I have not heard anything about Curtis Weaver this year. 19.5 tackles for loss, 13.5 sacks. He is the career... He is the career leader in Mountain West sacks since they started tracking it in 2005 by 5.5 sacks. He's done it over three seasons. And it's three seasons. My man currently has career highs in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, passes defended, and ties his yearly one forced fumble per year total. Guy's got the size, guy's got the moves, guy's got the production. Top need for the Buffalo Bills, one of them. Edge rusher, Curtis Weaver, I think would be a really good fit for Buffalo here at number 25. I like that a very lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Big Muchley. Uh, now you're getting too City? far. Now you're getting too internet with it. Kansas City? Yes. Uh, saw the departure of multiple interior offensive linemen over the last couple of years. They obviously gave the extension to Laurent Duvernay-Tardif this past offseason, but it's been a bit of a touch-and-go situation with Austin Ryder at center as well as Andrew Wiley at left guard. I think there are some people who are Andrew Wiley fans. I've never been a big Andrew Wiley fan myself. Anyway, I know that this team needs help in the secondary, but they have been playing better recently. By the way, Trevor. Yes. Juan Thornhill... Turns out he's good. It feels like there was some way of knowing before we saw his combine numbers of the cat to play. Anyway, uh, very happy to see Juan Thornhill. Appreciate you uh, making sure that the people know that. Well, I just, sometimes we forget that players are good. And we have to remember that they're good. Kansas City at 26. Yes. I think could use the interior offensive line help. What Kansas City wants to do in terms of getting players into space I'm most interested in seeing Tyler Biotish over Creed Humphrey, two players who I think are relatively equal in terms of their their profile and their strength. Both are really good in the trenches, but I think Humphrey's better there, whereas Biotish is a better mover and a climber. Uh, and that's what you want when you execute the screen game as much as, as Kansas City does. I think Biotish is a good uh, candidate for playing at the pivot over uh, over Austin Ryder. And then if, if we want to fight for Wiley's job as well, again, find our best five. We can do so. Biotish is a healthy, like, 310. You know what I mean? Like, he can play guard if he needs to. So, I'll put him at 26 to the Chiefs. All right. You picked Tyler Biotish? Yes? Yes. I followed that correctly. All right. um, Saints. I've done this many times, and it feels like a theme on this podcast for this mock draft that we're going against what we normally do. But Jalen Hurts to the New Orleans Saints makes too much sense. I love it. It just makes too much sense. You get an extra year of Breeze. Hertz gets to sit behind Breeze for a season. Comes in. He's the guy in year two. We know what kind of a hard worker he is. We know how he could pick things up and run with it, as we saw with the transfer from Alabama to Oklahoma. Didn't miss a beat. Made a conference championship. Made the college football playoff again. I mean, Sean Payton getting this guy in his hands. I need it. Need to see it. The league needs it. The people need it. Jalen Hurts going to the Saints at 27. Imagine Jalen Hurts, Taysom Hill, Drew Brees all on the field at the same time. Wow. All in the backfield at the same time. Wow. Who are you going to cover? Is this allowed? Is this allowed? What? Um, <laughs> okay. So now it's... Vine it's, references, um, everybody. It's 2019. Yeah. Step up on it. All right. So now it's San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, 
a team that I think also, again, could use some interior offensive line help. Do I want to go back to back to back on interior offensive line picks? Frick no. Uh, so I'm going to step away from the position for a second. Safety is a situation where we need some help. Jimmy Ward is going to be a free agent. Just Jakiski Tart struggled with health. They need to add uh, on the secondary, I think, at, at the corner position and at the safety position as well, to be honest. Uh, a lot of the really quality play that they got in the first half of the season when it was like, this is the best defense in the league, to me has been regressing in the defensive back end. I think it starts at free safety. Ashton Davis out of Cal can run and can wow. hit. You're giving him Ashton? Now, yes. Now, Damn. Ashton Davis is not – the smartest cookie, I don't think. Okay. In terms of play recognition and, and, and setting up his angles, it's very hot and cold. You put on the Oregon film, first round player. Put on the Washington film, not the opposite. That's not what he is. It's not as the same. So we've got to figure out how to get this guy in a successful deployment and, and what he sees best, how he sees it, how we can free him up to run and hit. But in terms of the physical tools that you're getting, he's the best single high safety that we've got in this class. I think McKinney, Delpit, Hampson, Dean, who you know that I love, mm-hmm. Brandon Jones out of Texas, who you know that I love, these are box guys. If you want a, a deep middle guy, I think Ashton Davis has to be our solution. So out of Cal at 28, San Francisco, Ashton Davis. Uh, Bryson Hopkins has been a popular pick to the New England Patriots at 29. I'm not going to give him Bryson Hopkins here in this scenario. Ben, would you say that running back is a need for the New England Patriots? Having guys like Sony Michelle, James White, Brandon Bolden, Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead already on is the there team. Ever, is there ever a chance that the Patriots won't draft a running back in the first round? And the answer is no. Much like your scenario where Henrith James Ruggs the third runs a 4-2-1, and teams are going to draft him in the first round. When Travis Etienne runs a 4-2-flat, ain't no way Bill Belichick's not pegging him if he's a 29. Sir. Say it again? What? Which part? What you think Travis Etienne's going to run? When Travis Etienne runs a 4-2-flat? Boy, you tripping. No, I know. he'll probably. He'll, I think he'll run in the 4-2s, though. 4-2-flat would be just... Stupid. It would uh, be no, I think Travis Etienne's going to run 4-2-8, I think. He gets sub 4-3? Yeah, I do, I, do think, I do think Etienne runs a sub 4-3. I do. Mm-hmm. Give give him a, a month and a half to plan for it. I think he will. I think he'll run it. And uh, Belichick's not going to be able to say no. So, yeah, I'm giving one of the fastest people on the planet, one of the best coaches on the planet. I, I, I don't care who they already have on their I running back room. Care. I do not care. Do you care? No. Don't. Couldn't. Now, I will say that uh, keeping things in the spirit of zany, Mm -hmm. I give Green Bay LaVisca Chanel a lot, and Mm -hmm. I like the fit. But let me throw a name at you, Green Bay fans, you may not know, you may not be as familiar with, but a player who I expect to come out, and I expect to be in the top 40, top 50 when he does. You want a yak guy, Penn State receiver, KJ Hamler, brother. Dude's a joystick. I was right? I was I mean, wondering if you were gonna get Hamler in here. I, I like really to was. get Hamler in there. I'll tell you why. We've got ourselves a player who, I think, if you took Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. and put his 
total long speed at like 90% instead of 100 is what we're looking at. Because people forget Hill is unbelievably quick. Like he's nifty. He moves. He's slippery in the open field. And then he's got the burners to kill you when he makes the angle. Now, he's got crazy long speed, KJ Hamler does, but I don't think it's Hill long speed. Hill was a sub four player. Um, what this guy can do with the ball in his hands, and what this guy can do with a separator generating uh, throwing angles and throwing lanes, he's so loose. It's something that, that that Green Bay receiver core is huge, and they're big, and they win down the field, and nobody can do anything after the catch. This is what they need. They need somebody who can take a slant and house it, who's not named Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. KJ Hamler, I think, lives in the slot for them. It gives them a ton more versatility in their receiving core, better route distribution across the board, a threat that requires a safety over the top that helps open up the middle of the field. KJ Hamler at 32 to Green Bay. I think a lot of Green Bay fans like LaVisca because of the yak. Well, KJ Hamler's yak embodied. Uh, Seattle picking here at 31, currently with the number one overall seed in the NFC Wild. Um, Mid, I mean, for as good as Russell Wilson's playing, I got to expect that two of their biggest needs are along the defensive line. Even if they brought Jadavian Clowney back, they've got needs both at edge on and on the interior. I'm going to give Marvin Wilson. I think that Marvin Wilson is a really big potential Seattle Seahawks pick. This guy is so athletic, man, for a guy that his size. He's 6'5", 215. I think he plays, he, he, you could project him in anything. He could play some two-gap stuff. He could take up blocks, and when you leave him one-on-one, he could really make you pay. I think he's got good hands. He's good against the run. He brings excellent pass rush upside. But even beyond that, what FSU's coaches said about Wilson, not only when he was playing, but also when he got hurt and when all he could do is be a cheerleader on the sideline for his teammates – I was at the game and like I had heard about what kind of a what kind of a good kid and what kind of a good teammate Marvin Wilson was. I was at that Florida Florida State game. Every time a Florida State player went down and the injury was, you know, it looked like it was going to be worse than just a cramp or something like that. Marvin Wilson went out there with the trainers. Like he was out there with his shoulder under the arms of a teammate helping him walk back to the sideline, helping him walk back to the locker room. Like as good of a teammate as he could possibly be as a guy who who couldn't put the pads on anymore this season. So I think because of the way I think he's going to wow teams in the interview room as well as wow them a lot with the things that he was able to do at the first, in the first half of the season, I thought his tape was fantastic. So because of that, I do think he's going to sneak into the first round. I think Seattle will be a great spot for him. Baltimore. 32. Super Bowl champs. Cable on Chasen, right? Like, there's no way you don't take Cable on Chasen. LSU rusher, insanely bendy. Great first step. They need outside. I mean, practice. it's either gonna be him or it's either gonna be him or Terrell Lewis. It's gotta be an SEC guy if we know if we know also, the Ravens. I also want to like screw around so bad and give him like Bryson Hopkins or something, right? Like Hopkins can run like a four four nine. If you give them another tight end, I'm gonna go through the computer and slap you. <laughs> Give him Jalen Rieger. Put him and 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 Mark and uh, Hollywood Brown on opposite sides of the formation, running both deep. You gotta go. You you can't run single. Dude, can you give that. him Jalen Rieger just for that, please? No, I'm not gonna do it. God, you're so you, my boy, you cannot. Why just why I just want you to be fun once, Ben? Boy, I just want you to be fun. fun once. I just want you to be fun one time on the podcast, Friday. just once. Damn Friday is fun. 
We're fine. I'm fine. Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. Back. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens, it makes a lot of sense, Gabe Lanches, and everybody's excited about this idea of Terrell Suggs potentially being added to the team. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. thing, but also, I mean, they do need a little bit of outside pass rush help when you lose a Darius Smith. Uh, you let the other guy walk. I forget what his name is. Matt Judon's the best outside rusher right now. Kane LeVon Chasen, it, it makes a lot of sense for a guy who can come off and win on the high side rush. And then also uh, has the ability to drop in space. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Dean Pease blitz is like – or excuse me, not Dean Pease, uh Martindale, Wink Martindale blitz like there's no tomorrow. Uh, and so you like having a guy who has the versatility to win on a short zone while he's one of your primary rushers. Kane LeVon Chasen wraps up our first round at 32. Uh, Trevor, you want me to run through it? Sure. Yeah. You, you listen. If you are if you are willing to run through it, have at it, my friend. All right. Joe Burrow one to Cincinnati two. Chase Young New York three. Andrew Thomas Miami four. Cedar Land for the Redskins five. The Lions Jeffrey six. Derek Brown to the Cardinals seven. Jets Jedrick Wills eight. Jerry Judy to the Jaguars nine. Two and talk about the Chargers. Denver takes Travis to work at a ten. Eleven Justin Herbert to the Carolina Panthers. Falcons at twelve. AJ Benesa thirteen. Henry Ruggs to Oakland fourteen. Xavier McKinney to the Browns. Colts fifteen. T Higgins sixteen. Eagles Chris Fulton seventeen. Javon Kinlaw Tampa Bay eighteen. Oakland Isaiah Simmons nineteen. You turn Ross Models to the Titans twenty. Jacksonville Jaguars Trevon Diggs twenty one. Grant Delpit to the Cowboys twenty two and twenty three. With the Dolphins Jordan Love and Jonathan Taylor twenty four. The Vikings outside the hood twenty five. Curtis Weaver goes to the Bills twenty six. Tyler Biotis to the Chiefs twenty seven. Jalen Hurts to the Saints twenty eight. Ashley Davis to the Niners twenty nine. To the Patriots Travis Etienne thirty. To the Packers KJ Hamler thirty one. To the Seahawks Marvin Wilson thirty two. To the Ravens Kaylevon Jason. I feel good about that. Thanks, man. It's so much harder than you think because you get to like pick 14 and you go, oh, I'm almost done. And then you realize like, oh, God, I'm halfway through. Like, you're not even close to done. I think that every time I reel off a mock draft like that. All right, everybody. There you go. First round mock draft. 32 picks up. 32 down tomorrow. We are going to preview. Start our preview. It won't be the final, but we're going to start running through and previewing the college football bowl season. We're going to go through a lot of them, top to bottom, talk about some scouting players that are going to be in each. There's prospect. There's prospects sprinkled prospects. throughout this entire schedule of bowls. I love bowl season. It gives us a chance to see styles of coaches and offenses and defenses go up against one another, and that's always great for scouting because sometimes players can be really good in a certain system, or really good, even in a certain conference. Bowl games are a big, hey, everybody's out of their normal element. Let's see who's really going to come up to play. Let's see who's a natural with their talent, what they can do in some of these wacky bowl games. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get some more NFL action later in the week. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.